This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Thursday. We'll get to our Mountain West uh, college football preview coming up about 20 minutes. Lightning bets in about 40. Right now, though, we go out to the Roman guest line. It's time to bring out our buddy Sam Panianovich at SP Shoot on Twitter. Sports betting analyst from Nesson, Fox Sports, and the host of the Chicken Dinner Podcast. Joining us on the Roman guest line. Sam, welcome back to the show, and um, I, I got to ask how you're feeling as one of the few out there that has not given up on the White Sox as the season has gone along. What, how are you feeling about your White Sox futures right now? It's like being waterboarded every single day. Honestly, it's <laughs> it's painful. Um, and then, but I don't help my own case because I'm back in Chicago this past weekend, and I realized that one of the outs has a 28 to one on them to win the pennant, and my math has it like probably 12 or 13. So what do I do? I drive out to Elgin and bet them for another couple hundred at 28 to one to win the pennant. Now that appears to be a pretty decent bet now, because if you look around the market, you see some 13, 15, 16 to one, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going down with the Titanic, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I, I started talking about it uh, earlier on in the show, Sam, about this uh, big White Sox Astro series and something that you know, locally we discuss, but nationally, maybe as far as sports betters, we don't discuss enough and how games are decided once you get to October. And I feel like we're reminded of it with these nip and tuck games against the Astros, how impactful defense is. And when you're playing so many guys out of position and when you don't have a shortstop, maybe you would have Tim Anderson once they get to the postseason. Just that that's my hesitation with jumping in on White Sox futures, not not talking about division stuff, once I'm talking postseason, is the defense is just horrendous among the worst in baseball. And those are the things that kill you in the end. Yeah, and you also have to rely on Tony LaRusso making the right switches, seventh, eighth, and ninth right. inning, which is a different story for a different day. But I mean, like, let's go back to the first game of the series when Andrew Vaughn's out in right field and there's a ball that he drops at the wall. It ends up leading the two runs. If Luis Robert could stay on the field, he's in center. AJ Pollock is in right. You hate to blame injuries, but I mean, not having mm -hmm. your best outfielder makes everybody else play out of position. But I, I agree with you. Gavin Sheets, Andrew Vaughn are not outfielders and that's not really Tony's fault. That's the general manager's fault who didn't give them a true right fielder. But look, all I'm, all I'm thinking is this, if they win the division, which they are favored to, again, they're going to get the three seed. They face the six in the playoffs. It's a three-game series, and all three games are in Chicago. And they can throw Dylan Cease and Lance Lynn and Johnny Cueto in the first three. I mean, they should win that series. And then from that point, yeah. I can hedge off. I can do whatever I have to do. But, yeah, it's a, it's a maddening team to bet on, and I just keep doing it because I'm a sucker. <laughs> 
<laughs> we know you were on the Braves last season. So besides the White Sox, any other teams that you, you'll be sweating the rest of the season? Yeah, I've got two, uh, Hawk. I've got the Dodgers. I bet them before the season at 5-1. to one. Tough blow with Walker Bueller being out for the season. That's, that's tough. But that, that lineup is so damn deep. I mean, Cody Bellinger might hit eighth or ninth in the playoffs. And that's, I mean, that's a scary lineup to have a former MVP hitting ninth. Uh, potentially. So I, I do have that. I hate to be the favorite guy, but I do have that. And then I don't know if we talked about this on your guys' show, but I bet Baltimore to win the World Series at, I want to say, 401 a month ago, just thinking that if they make the playoffs, I can basically win no matter what. And I think the best number you can find on the O's is 200 to 1 if you're lucky. My thought process on that was pretty much the same thing as the White Sox. Like if they get in, I can bet a lot of money on the other team in the first round, and then I could just kind of piece that off. So, yeah, I guess I guess my pecking order, I think I'm the biggest Orioles fan, and then the White Sox, and then the Dodgers, given the prices and the, the potential payouts. Yeah, Baltimore gets into the postseason, I'm going to be a lunatic because we've got – I think we've got a couple hundred bucks at 401. And uh, you can do a lot of things if you have a payout like that on the line. So let me ask you this. You were talking about the White Sox being in the three seed because their path most likely is to win their division. I think the Orioles' most likely path is the six seed. Would you like that? Because that guarantees you one of your two teams into the final four of the AL, or would you rather them separated and take your chances that one of the two gets or both get through to that, that next round? Yeah, as, long as, as long as they both make it, I don't really care. It's a very interesting – I hadn't really thought about that until now. Yeah, there's a very real shot for the Chicago 3, Baltimore 6. Um, mm-hmm. but, but if they're both in, that means I'm good. You know, I just free roll pretty much that series going forward. Um, whoever comes out of the 3-6, then I could, I could do what I have to do. Um, we, I should actually, like, do – Ostrowski and I should get together for, like, a watch party if it's the – Chicago, Baltimore, uh, that, that could be uh, – talk about, like, the most excitement you'll get for a week. Just watch me watch that series. It would be insanity. Um, but it would, it would be something if that, if that were to come to fruition, I'll tell you what. Yeah, I, there are some possibilities with some futures that we're holding in the National League. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I want St. Louis and Philly matching up, but you're right, then you've uh, certainly got at least one – one shot in the next round. I want to transition to, to some uh, college football. I always, know, I know you're uh, usually focused on the Big Ten, but uh, wh- what are you focused on this year? Just a couple weeks out before, meow, Northwestern in week uh, zero, your favorite squad. They go at it against Nebraska. Everybody hot on Nebraska. Uh, but where are we focused? Uh, win totals, conference futures, Heisman, where are we looking? Uh, first bet I made was Clemson to win the national title. Um, you know, I, if I hear one more person say this is the best Alabama team I've ever seen or whatever, like I'll bet even more. Um, I was talking with Kenny White. I know you have him on the show all the time, and we were going over the power ratings and all that. And he's got Alabama at 132. He's got Ohio State 129.5. He's got Georgia 127. And he's got Clemson 125.5. So on a neutral at this point, without seeing any plays, he's got Alabama you know, about a touchdown favorite against Clemson. And I, I think Clemson's better than that. You know, they got decimated by injuries last year on the offensive line. They even lost one of their starting linemen against Georgia in a really good week one game. Um, and they never really recovered from that. And they, they had some injuries on defense. They had some COVID stuff. 
And, and let's not forget, Joe, you know, DJ Uyunglele was the Heisman favorite going into the mm-hmm. season. And, like, okay, he didn't have a good year, but guys like that usually get better, especially off a bad year. And I've seen reports he's down 25 pounds, which is a big deal. He's going to be a little more elusive. Um, that should help him in the all-around game. And, and that's a Clemson team that when you look at their schedule, you know, they're going to be favored in – 11 games, maybe 12, depending on what Notre Dame looks like at the end of the year on November 5th. I mean, Notre Dame's probably favored at home, but not big, maybe two, two and a half. I think Clemson, if all things go their way and they get the right breaks, they got a pretty good schedule. Um, They go at Wake Forest. Sam Hartman's probably not there. They face NC State at home. Uh, They get Miami at home. It's a very easy schedule, and I like them over the win total. I think it's really cheap on them to win the ACC, like minus 140. I mean, last year they were minus 600 to win the ACC. So you can really buy the dip on Clemson. And and if I get them 12 to 1 right now and they make the college football playoff, I mean, come on, they'll be one of four teams. And at that point, they're like 3 to 1 to win it all. So uh, you get your Alabamas at plus 170, you get your Georgias at 2 to 1, 3 to 1, or whatever. I'll take a shot on Clemson being better than the market thinks at 12 to 1. Man, that's a good bet on a really, really good team with one of the best quarterbacks in the country and Dabble Sweeney as a head coach. I mean, that's, that's an easy one for me. Preseason, anything? What is your approach for NFL preseason? Not really an exciting game tonight, let's be honest. But are you staying away from the second week or what is your approach here? I don't really bet much preseason. Honestly, it's tough because these you, you pretty much have to be sitting at the screen to to get these moves. Like yesterday, uh, Carolina was a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and word got out that the Panthers are going to play pretty much nobody. And within mm-hmm. three minutes, the line moved five points. It moved from Carolina minus two-and-a-half to New England minus two-and-a-half. And, and we're so busy, we're doing all this stuff here at Nesson, and it's like, you really can't you really can't screen pick, um, and that's what these pros do with the preseason. I mean, they get an alert that hey, Baltimore's not playing Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, and then what happens? The line goes from Baltimore minus seven to Baltimore minus five, five and a half, and it's like if you're sleeping for any point, you miss it. So it, it's really tough. Um, I know people that bet it and bet it well, but they are honestly staring at the screen, you know, twelve, thirteen hours a day just to see the right moves. So it, it's. If you get the information, that's awesome, but you're really, more than anything else, you're not handicapping the games. You're handicapping who's playing, and you're handicapping how long they're playing. And, and that's, I mean, it's a, it's a very, very tough life to bet preseason. But if you, can, if you can donate the time, you can make some money. I just, I don't have the time to be looking at the screen and mining Twitter for, for who, which quarterback <laughs> is going to play in which game. It's, it's, I applaud those that do it right. Sam, uh, you mentioned your show on Nesson. You're, you're there and you're doing that show, and I'm sure a lot of chatter about the Patriots and what's been going on in camp, preseason. What's your perspective? I mean, how, how much of this is, let's set off the alarms, with a new offensive uh, scheme, new running scheme. Uh, they're trying to change things in front of Mac Jones there. They, they overachieved last year in a lot of people's minds. They made the playoffs. They, they almost won that division. Three weeks ago, they were leading that division. Now a lot of people think they go way back. What's your perspective on the Patriots as we head into this season? I think it's interesting to look at where the books open the number on the win total. And you're totally right. They overachieved last year. They go 10 and seven. They had a stretch where they played just an awful 
stretch of quarterbacks. I mean, they were facing like, you know, Zach Wilson and then they got Baker Mayfield and then they, they got Matt Ryan with pretty much no weapons. And, and the defense was solid for a stretch, but I mean, the truth is the books opened them up eight and a half off a 10 win season. And that's pretty alarming. There's a lot of things working against Mac Jones right now. Um, they don't have a number one wide receiver. Uh, they, they have a new offense. They have a brand new system. And they have a play caller who's never called plays. So this second-year quarterback, who was really solid last year in Josh McDaniel's system, now has to learn everything from scratch and pretty much trust a defensive line guy or defensive coordinator to call offensive plays. Could it work? Maybe. Um, but I'm going to bet against that. And I think this, this conference got better, obviously. I mean, think about the talent that joined the AFC when you start with you know, Devontae Adams and Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan and Khalil Mack and Von Miller, the AFC got better. The AFC East got better with Tyreek Hill joining the Dolphins and things like that. So, you know, I was talking to an odds maker and he says he makes the Patriots the 11th best team in the conference. 11. Uh, only seven teams make the playoffs. Now, the gap between four and 11 isn't that big on a neutral field, but I, I don't like this offense and, and, you know, they also don't have a number one cornerback. In the last two years, they've lost Stephon Gilmore and J.C. Jackson. So they don't have a shutdown corner. They don't have a number one wide receiver. They don't have an offensive coordinator. And they have a second-year quarterback that's basically teaching the coach the plays. Um, that sounds like a bad recipe for success. And I, I'm shorting them. Uh, I don't think they make the playoffs. That number is way out now, minus 180, minus 200. But I still think it's a solid bet. You get like minus 105 or plus 100 to go under eight and a half. That's a seven, eight win team, I think, tops this year. It sounds like the public decided that the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, tr the lead trader at BetMGM said, it doesn't matter what we make the number. They're, they keep betting Bills to win the Super Bowl. They lose Dayball, now the Giants uh, coach. Everything went right defensively. Buffalo, by far the best defense in the NFL. We'll see if they're able to, to repeat that. But uh, it doesn't sound like you'll be betting Patriots for the division. But are they beatable? Do you think the Bills are beatable? So I guess the Dolphins would be the look. Are they beatable? Sure. I mean, in, in the NFL, anything goes. But I think if we simulate this season out, you know, 100 times, Buffalo probably wins the division 75 times, maybe, maybe 70. I don't know. I mean, that's a fair number, I think. Um, so, I mean, look, Josh Allen could get hurt. He could regress. You know, there could be some issues with that offense. But, I mean, they have so much talent on that side of the ball, and that's, that's the problem. Like, I don't want to just fade them just to fade them to be the cool guy. Um, that being said, mm -hmm. I mean, I think what, what you're getting at is I'm not betting them to win the Super Bowl. No way. I mean, not at 6-1. Not at no. I mean, Buffalo has proven for decades to be choke artists. So, I, I mean, like, that's, that's sort of a lazy handicap. But I, I think that number should be higher. Here's a team that, look, everybody talks about well, Aaron Rodgers lost Devontae Adams. They might have a top five defense this year in Green Bay. I'm not kidding. Like, their defense is mean, and they got better. They, they added in the offseason. Give Aaron Rodgers time with these receivers. I think by week eight, week 10, their offense will be fine. It might, they might have some bumps early in the season. They might lose week one at Minnesota. They might lose week three. I think they go to Tampa week three. But that's a team, if they're one and two, we're going to see the Skip Baylesses and the Stephen A. Smiths talk about how Aaron Rodgers is washed and he's never going to win another Super Bowl. And they're going to go to 18 to one. And I will bet that at 18 to one, because that is a fatter tail team. That's a team that's going to be better in 
January, uh, maybe into February, than they will be in September and October. So if you can fade the noise and get a better price on the Packers after the first month of the season, like right now they're 10-1, to 12-1, to 1. if you're patient, you might get 16-18 if they start slow. And I tell you right now, I will hammer the Packers to win the Super Bowl at 18-1. to 1. Great stuff, Sam Panianovich from Nesson. And that Packers defense could be really, really good. We'll dive into the Mountain West next on the BetQL Network. You're listening to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. 